We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. friends, Josh Bow and Kirk Henderson joining you once again for another episode of Pod Maverick. This time, just a shade after Christmas has officially ended, and the Dallas Mavericks gave us a late Christmas present with an unbelievably fun Christmas Day nightcap where they defeated the Phoenix Suns 128 to 114. Luka Doncic scored uh, his 10,000th point as an NBA player while also casually dropping a 50 and 15 game josh how are you i'm doing pretty good merry christmas to you and and everyone listening out there hope everyone had a pretty stress-free holiday got to watch some good hoops i know the mavericks playing the the late the last game on the christmas docket is a little tough for those of us that are already uh, under the gun with sleep, but at least I didn't have to fight uh, many family members to watch the game in the middle of the day. I think I would rather take the the nightcap to end things when everyone's asleep in the house. Um, and I'll stay up and we'll, we can talk some hoops. I know we're both. I, we're this pretty fun game. We got some stuff. To I, talk I love about. that you said that because when you're looking at this game, like I don't know, middle of summer, you're like, oh yeah, because you and I both have small children. We're both like. Oh yeah, we're gonna be able to get done with Christmas stuff. <laughs> we're gonna be able to watch the game, and both of us, and I, and I'm no, I'm no, I'm a Christmas veteran at this point. We're both fucking stupid in the sense of what I did not build in was the fact that I wouldn't sleep last night. Where <laughs> right, my wife, you know, um, my favorite thing. I love that that um, that Tiger Woods meme going around where it's like him going the big, big dog. dog. Yeah. And I saw a tweet this morning where it says husband husbands thanking their wives for all the Christmas gifts. They're just now learning about. And like, that was me. I'm not gonna lie. That was me at like 1130 last night where my wife gives me this fort I have to build. And I'm like, wait, what? 
And so I was, you know, it was about two, three thirty in the morning. Baby didn't give a shit about sleep. And I'm sorry I'm cursing so much. I'm not that sorry, but I'm I'm tangentially sorry. Um and man, so it's just like coming to this game, it was like six thirty at night. I remember I sent a, a message to Mav's group chat a minute. I just said, like, I gotta stay up like seven more hours. Are you kidding me? And the Mavericks gave us the kind of game that you want to stay up for because I went through the full range of fan emotions. Well, let's just let's kind of talk about the game and and then we can talk about how we felt about it. So you were doing, I think, bedtime stuff during the first half. But Luca came out and was very, very it. This might have been it's in the top 10 regular season performances from Luka Doncic. I just I don't know how to describe it to where he was on early and he looked good and he did not let up. So he had some lapses defensively in this game, but first half in this game, he looked as strong defensively as I can remember him being possession to possession. And I, I said a great time watching him where at halftime, the Mavericks were only up 10 due to some late lapses, but Luca crossed the 10,000 point mark pretty early on in the game, getting that whole hullabaloo out of the way. He only needed to score 11 points. Incredible story up on MavsMoneyBall.com from our guy Isaac, if you want to read it. He turned in 1,800 words on how Luca scored 10,000 points. I was not expecting that. Um, if you can't tell, I'm, I'm a little bit wired right now. Uh, and then <laughs> and then the second half happened. And why don't you tell us what happened in the third quarter, Josh? Um, Grayson Allen hit a million three-pointers. Um, the Mavericks gave up the lead that they worked so hard to get in the first half. Um, and yeah, and uh, what's his, I can't even say his name. Uh, Metu from the Suns. I mean, both of those guys had insane games overall, but in the third quarter, particularly, they kind of just torched the Mavericks who were, their game plan was obviously let everyone, let anyone but Booker or Durant beat us. And in the third quarter, you could see how that strategy can maybe backfire a little if you let you know, I mean, Allen's not a terrible shooter. So, I mean, they just kept helping off him and helping off him, and he just kept making them. And, uh, yeah, they turned to what looked like was going to be a blowout, I thought, in the first half into, into a real dogfight. So so let's let's talk some brass tacks here. Do you really think – Oh, the, the Grant – I know you wanted to get to – did you want to get to the Grant Williams stuff? In the no, third? no, I mean, it's included right. in that um, beyond the fact that, that Grant Williams um, – please stop. We'll, we'll return to Grant Williams. Like, okay. Just for the record, Grant Williams, please – stop and you know what i mean everybody who watches this game knows what i mean you don't get to you don't get to instigate and talk trash when you have more fouls than statistical contributions anyway um i was was i'm wondering just from a like a you know you're you know ball let's just be clear you're you have a very good eye for strategy it's one of the things that that you bring to our site and to this podcast which i have a harder time doing in a first pass do you think that their commitment to stopping Booker and Durant, or do you think Booker and Durant were bad? I think I would take a little column A, a little column B. I thought Durant was incredibly passive. Um, I mean, he only had 11 shot attempts, and I know he got doubled a lot, but he had six turnovers and seven, like to seven assists and six turnovers. And a lot of those turnovers were out of doubles. So, like, if he wasn't going to score a lot, um, his passing was not good enough. Like at least Booker had a pretty bad score, you know, shooting game, but he had 10 assists and three turnovers. Like he handled the doubles pretty well passing wise. He just Mm -hmm. couldn't get a shot to fall. Durant couldn't get a shot to fall. And he handled the double teams like very poorly. Um, 
And so I think, you know, it's a little it's a little bit of both. Obviously, if the Mavericks probably single guarded those guys the whole game, they probably would have had a different stat line. But still, you know, I think Durant, he just played a really passive game. It, it was really weird. And it was especially funny coming off of the 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 um the ESPN report from earlier in the day uh, about uh, how Durant is apparently frustrated with the lack of help on the Suns roster. And then he comes out and shoots four of 11, has 16 points. Meanwhile, two of his role player teammates, Grayson Allen and Metu, have like career nights. Um, so I, I thought that was pretty, I thought that was cosmically pretty funny uh, for that all to happen in one day. Uh, but yeah, like this was one of, I mean, let's be real. I mean, we've watched, Durant a lot. Yeah. One of the worst games I've ever seen him play, I think. Yeah, and and so like I'm going to ride this high and I'm going to talk my shit because I had a lot of fun watching this game, mm-hmm. but I couldn't help but think that there there was a bit of quicksand going on with yes, guys sure. sort of not digging out and it could have been a blowout except for the Grayson Allen of it all. Now, the Mavericks do deserve some credit there. I really thought there were moments where they absolutely flew around like crazy mm-hmm. on Yeah, defense. for sure. Um, but it, it also felt like to a degree, what do you have? Oh my God. My dog has my wife's Christmas present. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. Defensively. Yeah. I mean, they had some moments I mean, it was, it was, it was hot or cold. Um, I think they gave up way too many corner threes, but thankfully the Suns didn't make them pay. The Suns only shot four of 16 on corner threes. You give up 16 corner three attempts in a game. That's usually not great news. Um, so, so that wasn't great, but the, they got lucky with the Suns missed him. But I thought Luca had some real – I mean, this was probably one of Luca's best defensive games of the year, and I thought Jones also did a decent job when he was in single coverage against Durant and there wasn't a double. I mean, Durant got him a couple times, but didn't get him a lot, obviously. I mean, he only made four shots. So I thought those two in particular were pretty good. Lively coming back. I mean, hey, Lively's back. I mean, what a difference – Having lively is just immediately comes back and has a 2010 game. Uh, so that was cool. So, so yeah, there were, there were, you know, there were some, some weak spots defensively, but I thought Luca lively and Jones all had, had pretty good moments. Luca had f- four steals and three blocks. I don't think he's ever done that. Before. Seven stocks. I <laughs> bet he has never done that in an NBA game before. I bet he's never done that in a, since he was like 13 or something. Mm. Something. That was pretty crazy. He and and he had some good stops against Booker too. Like they they switched. Luca got switched onto Booker a couple times, and Booker couldn't get past him. Like it was pretty clear from Tip. I mean, you said this before. Like Luca was pretty jacked up for this game. Like he was he was absolutely ready from opening tip to final buzzer. Like I, I mean, his his focus and attention to detail and effort level. Not trying to say that it's like you know it's bad normally like but it was just he was he was kind of on another plane of existence when this game started and you could just sense it uh from the opening tip i think well and see i um i by and large try not to give a care about uh like media narratives but this was one of those games where it's just there's espn has such like Mad Lib style decision making on the things they're going to talk about. Where Luca passes ten thousand points, I don't think they talked about it at halftime, and maybe it became a thing as the game wore on. But it was—it's such a focus on like the old stars and what the Suns were doing to where we didn't have enough time to talk about Luka Doncic. And I and I I want to give like that that credit here because 
Luka Doncic does not get to do what Devin Booker does. I'm sorry. What was Devin Booker's final line? Uh, 20 points, 10 assists, 3 rebounds. Not a bad line. No. Not a bad line. Not a superstar, a NBA all-NBA first-team player, or MVP candidate line. It is a above-average line for a team's best player on a run-of-the-mill, mediocre team, which is what the Suns are. And I'm sorry, Luka Doncic has a game like that on Christmas Day? That's the story for two days about how Luka is, you know, it's just the nature of this stuff. And usually I don't care, but I wanted a full-throated celebration of Luka at a time when he was kicking ass because he went out there as the best player on the court with Devin or Kevin Durant, a future Hall of Famer, and just kicked their asses. There's really no other way around it. Yeah. I mean, I was going to wait till after our, our, our immediate break to talk about Luka, but we're just going to do it yeah. right now because Luka Doncic scored 50 points and had 15 assists. So just doing some basic math here, guys, assuming all of Luca's 15 assists were for two-point shots, okay? Two-point shots only, and that's not what they were. Luka Doncic was responsible for, at or not responsible for, played a part in 80 of the Mavericks' 128 points. That's special. That's MVP kind of stuff, period. I know people, you know, I know Embiid's going to win it because this is a, a this is a narrative award and nobody works the media like that ass clown, but this is this is a a, a MVP type performance from an MVP caliber player and I want to just I just want to crow about it. It's fantastic. Couldn't be yeah. more excited. Yeah, he had uh, eight made threes and 12 made free throws, which I mean I mean this is kind of obscure, but has he ever had a game in the NBA where he's had a combined 20 Made threes and free throws. He might have. Oh, I could have killed it. I could have killed Mavs Moneyball contributor SJ, who said, "Well, if Luca's hitting threes and hitting free throws, we're going to win this game." And I'm like, Jinx. "You don't say that out loud. What kind of mad woman are you?" But it, it's but this it's is just, what it looks like when he when he's doing that. I mean, mm, it's just mm, unstoppable. Mm, 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 mm. Um, yeah, eight of sixteen from three, twelve of twelve from the free throw line. That was pretty awesome. The MVP thing is interesting. Like he's absolutely MVP worthy. Like that's not a question. His stat line is great. The Mavericks are 18 and 12. Uh, so they're currently fifth in the West when, you know, most prognosticators had them either in the play-in or outside of the play-in entirely. So, I mean, he's obviously worthy. The thing that's going to be tough is, you know, love or hate Embiid, he has the numbers and his team is 29. And yeah, well, he's, you know what? He skipped today's Christmas no, game. I and I saw I saw <laughs> from the, the Twitter account, uh, hate. I think it was Brick Muse, where it said DNP Miami. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Luka doesn't skip the tough games, and I'm sorry, Embiid does. No, I know. but I think I'm going to talk my shit because I'm correct. And if no, you, you want to sh- argue with me, go look at the fucking game log. No, go do it. But I'm just thinking, realistically, if he's going to win MVP this year, the Mavericks probably need to get, I would say, I mean, bare minimum, they need to be top four. Uh, maybe they need to be top three. Like if they're right behind the Nuggets and the Wolves or if they're right around them, then I think, if any, and he finishes the season strong. Because let's be, be frank, like he's had some pretty crazy October, November, De- December runs in the last couple of years. 
and then March, April, maybe late February, some things don't look as great uh, as how it started. So he needs to finish the season strong, which he hasn't really done in a couple of years, especially after last season. People are going to hold that against him. Uh, and then they need to finish with, you know, they need to finish with at least home court advantage in the West because I know Jokic won MVP as a sixth seed in 2021. That's but, not happening anymore. Yeah, that's just when the comp, like, you know, that happened because I think they were tired of giving it. They didn't want to give it to Giannis again. And there wasn't really another great candidate because it wasn't like there weren't a lot of dominant teams. Like the Suns were the best team in the NBA, but they were very like, they were kind of the, the, the sum is more, you know, the, the parts well, are bigger than the whole or whatever. So there's too many good candidates this year between Jokic himself, uh, between Shea, yeah. Embiid, uh, Giannis again. Like there's just too many good candidates for for well, Luca to, to be able to win it if if he's not in the top three in the West. I'm being an asshole here in large part because of how these conversations take place. Okay, what Joel Embiid is doing, like if you're watching, it's terrifying. He's playing unbelievably good basketball. He did not deserve to win the MVP last year. Let me be clear. He was a clown fraud and and talked his way into that award. But he's playing better now than he did last no, season. I know he's doing all the things that that he all the shit that he taught. Yes, he. I mean, he like. I think you take away his free throws, he still might be like close to leading the league in scoring. Like he's doing some insane stuff. So like, I, but what drives me crazy about the conversations is that we're gonna finally start to talk. We collective media, we will finally start to talk about Luca once he's had a downturn. Or something. Why can't I mean he has scored 30 points or more in 13 of the last 14 games? He's he's been unreal. And I, it's not that I want the media attention. I always tell I'm in I'm in a variety of group chats. I'm like, you know what? I'd rather walk softly and carry a big stick. But it's the like sort of like odd disdain at key moments where it's like, well, what does Kevin Durant feel about this? Like Kevin Durant's one of my favorite players I've ever watched. He's also a journeyman at this point who has hurt his own reputation by changing teams so many times by like, nobody cares about his titles. So it's like, why cannot, why can't we talk about the guy who's up and coming? And yeah, Luca's still up and coming. Sorry. Pretty sure he's 24 years old unless I can't do math. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like, it's stuff that's not his fault. Like it's not Luca's fault that he was the, the betting preseason favorite right. like four years in a row which causes media people to get be like, ah, well, we thought he was going to win it two years ago. And we thought he was going to win it three years ago. And then he didn't. And it's like, you know, it's almost like a weird self-fulfilling prophecy from the media side of it. But like, that's not, you know, Luca didn't ask to be that. Um, he can't control who's the, who's the preseason favorite to win MVP, which then hurts his narrative when he doesn't win it. Um, so again, it's just, you know, numbers wise stuff on the court, literally he's done more i mean he's done everything he can possibly do um to be a front runner for the sure. like the mavericks are good he's great he's had a historic month of december he's been good all season uh the team's winning they're they're i mean 18 and 12 after we're you know they had 38 wins last season um they're off to one of their best starts in team history you know i mean i know they kind of last 10 or 15 games haven't been as good as the you know the first 10 or so games but uh, they started the season strong and, and after last season's disappointment. So, I mean, you really can't ask for anything more. Maybe the only thing that he probably need a couple more games like this, sure. national TV wins or just 
wins against good. They haven't really beaten good teams, so they pro- he probably needs a couple more of those to, to really. Front, front, of, front of me of the pod and and betting analyst Matt Moore of of the Action Network said this this is the best Mavericks regular season win to date, and I think it is. It I, might be like if if they had kicked the shit out of the Lakers and held on to that lead yes. in Los Angeles, that probably would have been the other deciding one. But this one's this one's pretty rough. Um, let's let's um, let me read you a stat here, Josh. Per the NBA PR account, Dallas's Luka Doncic, fifty points, is the fourth player to score at least fifty points in a day in a game on Christmas Day. Bernard King had sixty in nineteen eighty four. Wilt Chamberlain had fifty nine in nineteen sixty one. Rick Barry had fifty in nineteen ninety six. Luka Doncic fifty in twenty twenty three. So for those of you <laughs> who can do math, it is the first fifty point game in thirty nine years pretty crazy I mean, anytime you're on a list with bernard king and will chamberlain because they've got some pretty nutty uh stats and records from back in the day like mm-hmm. that's pretty that's pretty impressive well, especially yeah that's nuts. and look at the chat here shout out to to, to I, I can't even say my man's name here uh fantasist yeah. ah, zero fast luka Doncic, fastest to 10k and scoring in the regular season since michael jordan um I can't believe you beat LeBron on that. That's crazy. By like 10 solid games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, all it's, it's so weird because it's like, he's only 24, but it feels like he's 30 because he's just been a professional for so long. And uh-huh. he's just been, it's been like clockwork. Like it feels, it feels like he's so old because he's been all NBA basically since what, since his second season. Uh, like there wasn't that grad like he was he had a rookie season that was better than expectations and then since then he's been a top five player in the NBA like there was no like he needed like you know like you look at someone like Shea who's awesome I love Shea Gilgis Alexander he still needed like a couple (laughs) he needed a handful of seasons before he got kind of plateau you know not plateau but till he reached you know where he is now like even Steph Curry needed a couple years like it's just the the how instantaneous Luca has been is both incredible and also I feel like almost like a detriment to how people think about him because now he's like it's just so common like it's just it's it's just bizarre it's crazy how he makes these improbable things just feel really probable if that makes sense ah okay we're at the point in the podcast well past the point in the podcast where i'm uh algorithmically supposed to suggest that you all do us all a favor go hit that like on the stream at the moment we're at something hilarious let me just go check the number because it makes me laugh uh we are at 46 likes there's 370 of you in this room at the moment if you could do me a favor and go hit that like each and every one of you that would be a big favor to me if you could also consider subscribing to the pod maverick podcast josh and i or one of us tends to go live almost after every single game we're rounding into the new year here and now that there are no longer holidays i've realized this over the last week that basketball is actually what gets me through the the um seasonal uh like seasonal sadness disorder because (laughs) it's dark it's cold it's boring the sun sets early i watch basketball and then i talk about it with you Please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. And also, please consider leaving a comment on the actual video when we're done here tonight. Josh and I will probably tap out here in the next 15 minutes, and then I will 
can uh, stay hosting and you can come talk to me about this game if you want to stay up until the all hours of the morning and talk hoops i have nothing to do i i don't know if i'm working tomorrow um we're going to assume that i'm working tomorrow and then i'll slam like a, a red bull at like seven in the morning and be fine um thanks so much for for hanging out with this guys cannot appreciate it enough if you're a basketball junkie then you know there's no better time of year than the nba playoffs Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so what else are are like the real like positive things? We can we can talk about the the frustrating things. I think at some point, but I I was there's just a lot to be delighted about. I think. Yeah, I mean, lively twenty and ten. Um, I wish he was on a minutes restriction, which uh, you know I'm I'm not a medical trainer, so I, I'm not really going to give two cents there. But it was a little it it was a little bit of a shame because he started the game I think seven points in like the first four to five minutes, like just doing the thing that we've talked about. That's so impressive catching in the four on three off doubles and finishing and scoring instead of just making that auto pass, like being able to catch the ball at the free throw line and then score, uh, Mm -hmm. which is just like, no, none of us thought he had that in his bag, uh, his rookie season, like to him developing that so quickly has just been incredible because he did not do that in Duke like at all. Um, So that's, that was pretty awesome. And then he, he, got taken out with about eight minutes left in the first half in the first quarter. So I almost feel like, you know, he played 32 minutes. So still played a decent amount, but almost felt like he could have had an even bigger game um, if he maybe wasn't on a minutes restriction. But again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to double, you know, armchair quarterback or Monday morning quarterback medical staff decisions. Cause I'm just way out of my league there, but he was awesome. I mean, 
10 rebounds, three offensive rebounds. His offensive rebounds were huge. Felt like they were big momentum plays. Um, just his, again, his ability when Luca is doubled to, to be the finisher and the direct finisher, not like getting a hockey assist and then finish, like Luca directly getting him the ball and then scoring is just a game changer for this offense. And it just makes a big difference. And then, of course, his size near the basket helps as well. The Mavericks defense was incredible. Um, but the, the Mavericks outscored the Suns in the paint, and the Mavericks do not outscore teams in the paint very often. So he was the side for Soraz. I mean, he was he was great. So I'm going to talk about one more Luca thing I forgot to talk about, but it's in relation to Lively. So you talked about how often Kevin Durant was doubled. We saw tonight the difference between a Luka Doncic pass and a Kevin Durant and Devin Booker pass out of a double team. Luca simply puts the ball where the guy can catch it. Kevin Durant and and Devin Booker put it within range of their teammates being able to hopefully grab it. And there is such a decided difference in a game with this much athleticism, meaning the NBA basketball game, that it's hard to contextualize unless you're watching like possession after possession after possession where you see it. There were a couple of times where Luca is standing near what in my brain I always think of as like the volleyball line, like well extended from the three-point line, mm. where he hits Lively in the hands as Lively makes himself available, maybe six feet away from the rim. And the kind of trust it takes to throw that pass and the confidence and ability to catch that pass is extraordinarily underrated. Josh and I are lapsed big men. <laughs> when you fuck that pass up, you don't get you don't get it thrown to you again. No. He's earned his trust for sure. Yes. It's crazy. And he just he catches it time and again. And he had one real high one that bobbled. And it's like, I remember yelling at the TV. I was like, come on, catch that. And I'm like, wait, the seven-footer tried to pull it down like he was, you know, trying to do the catch when it's Joe Montana in like 1983. And it's like, okay, maybe it was a little high for him. He also only had one turnover. So (laughs) that was was the turnover. That was the one. And it's it's just that sort of thing is so remarkably underappreciated. You know, we get these, we have these Twitter accounts, and I'm just gonna be a shit tonight. I don't care. Like um, local clown show Ball Don't Stop, who is talking about how OJ Mayo is a bucket despite uh, putting up six points per game in a Egyptian league in 2021. The kind of skill I just described is what makes a difference in an NBA game, not bullshit ball handling and throwing up terrible shots and shooting 39%. Sorry. It's the difference, and it's why we talk about this stuff, and it's why people who do discuss basketball um can sometimes do so in a really disdainful way because it's it's not appreciated enough and it's also not explained enough what lively did he hit tonight one of the closing buckets that he hit tonight was like a seven or eight foot kind of turnaround hook that you're looking at that and you're like that's such an easy shot because i don't think anybody was near him i think it was he was just sort of giving it to him and he he chose to take it and it it just splashed right through and I giggled with glee because there, Brandon Wright might be the only Maverick that I've seen hit a shot like that yeah. in my time, really. I mean, not even Tyson. Tyson didn't do stuff like that. I mean, uh, yeah, there, that area of the floor is like commonly referred to as like the dead zone, like not right at the rim, but not like at the free, like in between the free throw line and the rim. Like that's 
it's difficult. Like it, there's traffic, there's people near you. Like, it, you know, it's, it's kind of, a, it can be an awkward shot. So yeah, he's doing that. That's pretty great. I just, I, I, I love him. I love him. <laughs> I hold him to such high standards. This is why you draft. This is why you, this, you, this is why you want draft picks. Uh, you know, I know that they're not automatic, but like, you just want that bite at the apple, you know? I mean, I'm 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 very much like Renee Zellweger and Jerry Maguire, where she's talking about him and he's off camera. We're like, I love him, I do. I'm I just <laughs> I I can't help it, man. I cannot help it because it's all it's so much more than we ever could have wished for, and I I, I just I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier about it. What what else are we thinking? Uh, I mean, we got to. I mean, Jones, Derek Jones Jr., twenty three points uh, from a Mavericks role playing wing. Uh, and it wasn't on a bunch of spoon-fed uh, spot-up threes is pretty unheard of in the Luka Doncic era. I mean, he attacked the rim pretty aggressively, and, and in a way that, like, he's been doing it now all season, that it's obviously, like, a thing. Like, this isn't, like, a flash in the pan. Um, you know, we got, everyone kind of knew his three-point shooting would cool off, especially because he was making a lot of above-the-break threes early on, but, like, his ability to attack closeouts and do stuff around the basket is pretty impressive. He was four of seven in the restricted area, two of three in the paint. I mean, seven shots at the rim. Like, I mean, it's a, it's again, real... it's another site for sort like, think about how many times we've been on this podcast after Mavericks game. And it's like, no one knows how to drive. Like no one on the roster can drive and it makes a big difference. And again, it's not like we need someone to make a, it's not like they need someone to make a play. Like, you know, running offense or setting up someone for an assist. It's just, can you, can you, when a defender's running at you, can you dribble past him? Like mm-hmm. that's not as, not as, you know, crazy of an NBA skill that some people make it out to be, which is why it was so frustrating to see the Mavericks roster lacking so much of it. And so he's been a breath of fresh air for sure. The way he, he can do that. And this is not to take anything away from him. The Suns had no rim protection, no, no, that was it. But but that's a tactical right. decision where they they could have played. What? Uh, who was it? Um, they could have played Drew Eubanks more than seventeen minutes. They chose not to, and the Mavericks being able to take advantage of a tactical choice by the Suns that would put them at a detriment is so important. So is he going to do that against Minnesota? Probably not. Okay, I don't care right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, care. It doesn't matter. It's just like like everybody that that gets really hell bent on like building a, a contender right now. I just I want to put that idea to rest for a day or a week or a month because going from winning thirty eight games to the trend that the Mavericks are on right now kicks ass. And these wins where Derek Jones Jr. is the emphatic, you know, put back dunk of a point is so important. He was great. He really was great. Like he had a fin him and it, you know, Luca obviously 50 points. You love it. Okay. <laughs> but but what were the like if we were to go by the play by play in the fourth quarter? I'm wondering, I just I need to go look at this because again, I was kind of like screaming at the TV. Um yeah, Luca was, I mean, they he was passing for most of the fourth quarter. It, it, it also dawns on me as we're talking that I signed up to write the stats post. Um <laughs> love when I love when I forget the things as an editor in chief that I forget I'm going to do. Luke gets a pair of free throws at at the at the four minute mark to put him up by seven. You get a lively dunk, a Derek Jones Jr. Uh, layup, Derek Jones Jr. free throw, Tim Hardaway dunk, Derek Lively eight foot floating jump shot, 
Luka Doncic, 11-point shot when the game's out of hand. Like, Luka wasn't – I mean, Luka orchestrated that he's important, but the other guys closed the door on the Suns, and I, I just find that extremely important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was – and especially, like, Jones is, like, literally the last signing of your offseason veteran minimum deal. Um, like, it's just – crazy the way that that's worked out for them uh and i'm just glad like it's just nice to see them move on from just hey you know everyone that's around luca is just going to be a standstill spot up guy like it just you don't have i have to have a lot of juice playing next to luca to to get downhill and, and get some easy buckets at the rim you just need a little bit and then that's what jones has and it's and it's really fun it's really fun to watch uh and it was cool that like he was able to do that like xm finally had like a normal game even though when he was on the floor, uh, the team still played well, but like statistically, he kind of had a, da- a ba- you know a back down to earth game. So for Jones to do what he did uh, was great, um, and this was like kind of a new look starting lineup, by the way, too. This I don't know if this lineup has started before. So and Kid talked about starting lineups and rotation stuff before the game, so we kind of got a peek, I think, into what the team might be might be looking like going forward, even when Kyrie and, and Josh Green get healthy. Because uh-huh, uh-huh. uh, Tim yeah. Hardaway Jr. started. Grant Williams did not – first game Grant Williams did not start uh, this season. Came off the bench. Uh, also, Mavericks basically didn't play a backup five. Like, they played Grant as the backup five. When Grant was in the game, he was the five. Um, Which they can't do. They can't do that. Uh, They can probably do it half the night. They can get away with it, yeah. Yeah. They can get away with it in a game like today. But, yeah, you know, they can't get away with that against the Nuggets. But but honestly, with the way they're they're playing when they try to go match size with size against those bigger teams, it hasn't worked. So why not, right? I mean, that might be – they might be leaning into – what this team's good at and and maybe they've stopped fooling themselves thinking that this could be a, a defensive minded team. Cause we both know that like, that's how kid would prefer to have his roster. He's a defense first coach, but I wonder if they're not to say they're waving the right, the white flag on being a, you know, a better defensive team, but they might just be like, look, we're getting killed anyway. So let's just play our five most productive players on the court as often as possible. Even if that means we're going to be even smaller than we yeah, and I'm, there's going to be a time where we circle back on this discussion and we're talking about how small the Mavericks are. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. Um, I choose not to do that during moments of joy. Oh, yeah. that I, I, You know, people no, rightfully people rightfully get very upset with me for my takes in games. But if you're watching it about if you're watching at a sports bar with me, if you're not having the same reaction, if you're like, oh, this is fine. I'm passively watching this game. Okay. That's not how I watch sports. But when it comes to like the, the the wins and losses, like we'll circle back on these things. We'll circle back on the fact that Grant Williams is bad. Yeah. But not today. I don't really want to do it today. It, it, you know, he knows he needs to do better. He knows he needs to not be admitting. You know, maybe he doesn't know that because, again, I can't emphasize enough the funniest moment in recent nba history that i watched live was grant williams talking shit and saying he was going to hit two free throws only to miss them both the second funniest thing might have been devin booker screaming at his teammates and it getting picked up on a hot mic tonight about how they didn't get back on defense did you see that (laughs) that was pretty good (laughs) 
<laughs> did he say he was like you turn the ball over and now you're not getting you you're just not gonna get back it's like back. you're not getting back for me and it's like yeah leader of men there type stuff Devin. <laughs> just real big you know man 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 what an in, what an enjoyable what an enjoyable contest i mean the mavericks ran a playoff mm-hmm. rotation tonight yeah um six man rotation for the most part for the most part yeah you look through it and I, like that's going to catch up with them but again Kyrie Irving comes in solves solves some of these problems um we're we're eventually gonna have to talk about the Kyrie thing because I like Luca cannot keep doing this but they had like there's this weird sort of oh well Kai can do this at any moment and no no he can't sorry they're not on the same level different guys right but he doesn't have to do this he just needs to be the secondary guy just so Luca is not playing 45 minutes a night and having to to literally do everything on offense so that's the luxury he doesn't have to try to match Luca's production he just needs to be just someone else that can do some stuff every now and then. Well, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. And that's actually probably helpful because it, it, it extends Kyrie's longevity right. and it extends Luca's longevity while there being a, and while there's an actual discussion, you know, it, and that's fine. And I, you know, I have no idea if they would think differently about this. A lot of this stuff comes down to like fan discussions where people take their sides. Like it's a political debate and I just, I'm not super interested in that. But it's we're, we're we're inching towards that point because again, Luke MVP type stuff, just really magnificent. Um, I don't know. Should we should we just sort of close it out there and then yeah, I'll, sure. I'll go on to the other show? Is there anything else you want to talk about? How's Christmas? Um, uh, Christmas was good. Uh, we hosted had Megan's, uh, my wife's family, uh, her parents and her sister came over to our house, so we didn't have to leave the house. Nice, which was nice. But you know, hey, it's a busy day. I cannot wait to get into bed. But I had a great you day. Go. You know, you're tired. You should go to bed. Yeah. Um, I got the. It's very important. I didn't wear it on the show tonight because my kids spit up all over it. Oh. But I got, I got the quarter zip that Jason Kidd and the coaching staffs wear. And you got not the kid glasses prank. on. Not as a prank. It's fucking awesome. It feels good. It looks great. And and you know Clint, uh, our, our guy Clint, who writes for the for Maz Moneyball every great now and again. Shout out Clint. Write more. Um, he told me I need to shave my head and start uh, talking about how I'm just watching the team. But I just you know it's, it's nice Christmas. Um, my kid got far too much stuff. Um, <laughs> that's that is what it is. Yeah. Uh, we need but, to get oh, we need to get you on one of these shows where you're wearing that. Oh, I will. Zip with, I had it on. With, he just with like the kid glasses. He spit up all over it was like wet like across me and i was like okay we're not i'm not okay. wearing that <laughs> having to explain it all right so uh josh and i are going to break here for 30 seconds and then i'm going to come back i guess it's closer to a minute then i'm going to come back with our other live show for those of you who are listening on the podcast a little later be looking for this show probably on tuesday afternoon we'll be back we're going to keep recording these shows there's lots of mavs game to be played thanks so much for hanging out with us uh and we will be talking soon Everybody, enjoy your night. Please hang around and come talk basketball with me. Go Mavs. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. 
This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.